It's the True Penny Show with your host, James True Penny. Hello, welcome Hello. to the show. My name's James Trubini. This is my show, and today we're talking about NWA Power with Marcus Green. How are you, sir? I'm good. Glad to be back. Uh, you know, we kicked things off talking about the Crafty Cup, which we, uh, we, we both really liked, so it, it was on the right that we came back for, you know, NWA Power. Indeed, yeah. We're coming back to the show. Like we said, we did uh, have a quick chat about, well, quick chat. We didn't tie a show on the Crockett Cup. Not that long ago, I think it was spring, wasn't it? And NWA Power has come along in the meantime to give us a different kind of taste as to what the wrestling products of the NWA is really like. Now, this show is an incredible throwback uh, to olden days and reminds me of very much the NWA in the 1980s, specifically out of Atlanta, Georgia, and specifically out of uh, World Class Championship Wrestling in the Carolinas. It's got the same look, it's got the same feel, it's got the same style of presentation. Um, and yeah, it's got this tongue-in-cheek, postmodern kind of way of looking at things that I really enjoy. Marcus, what are your thoughts for, first thoughts on this show? Well, and what were you first thinking when Billy Corn came out with, hey, we're going to do studio wrestling just like they used to back in the day? Well, first, because, you know, just, uh, just having my plate already uh, so full, um, with, with wrestling and, and various other things. I'm like, oh, my God, something else? Um, <laughs> but it's like, there are literally not enough hours. Um, but um, I finally uh, got a recommendation from somebody to check it out, and, and uh, I did. And like you, I love it. You know, going back to thinking about, you know, what we loved about the Crockett Cup, this is all infused here um, and kind of, you know, ramped up even a little bit more. Uh, because obviously we're getting it in a, in a televised format, obviously not on TV yet, but very much in that in that regard. And uh, yeah, it's just everything else that I, that we tend to watch is kind of turned up specifically from WWE and other places um, and, and kind of a little over-exaggerated. And we've kind of gotten used to that where I have. So it's kind of mm. really refreshing to, to have it kind of dial back and see that that simplicity kind of breeds you know, a, a lot more creativity uh, when it comes to NWA. Yeah, and I mean, the show is so, so 80s. Like, it opens with uh, Into the Fire by Dokken. Love it. This this is a Pontiac Firebird with flames down the side driving across a drive through car park, driving movie theater while spraying beer everywhere, whilst having a mullet and a moustache that looks straight out of a porn movie of a TV wrestling show, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just nice growing up because I was big on theme songs for my favorite shows and singing along with them when they came on. So it's nice to have, even as an adult now, something like Into the Fire that I can kind of, you know, crank up whenever <laughs> it's on and then really enjoy it before I get into the wrestling. So, Honest, Marcus, of all the people I know, I, I had you pegged least as hair metal guy. You know, it's it's weird. Some music when when you know certain songs and 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 like uh, things I just click with, and that's that's ironically one of them. So you know, good on NWA for for you know recognizing you know what fits their program. Okay, well, I mean, the presentation of the show is it's very simplistic. Like we said, it's very 1980s. It's a TV wrestling ring in a TV studio, and on two sides of the ring is there an audience, and on the other two sides is an interview podium. And a commentary station. 
just like they did back in the day. Uh, the last time I saw anything like this was Memphis Wrestling in the mid-2000s. I think Jerry Lawler had started a company up again in Memphis, as he temporarily does from time to time. And it was literally one guy calling the matches, doing the timekeeping, and doing the ring announcing, a referee, and some wrestlers. And that was, that was how they ran the show. It was even more stripped down than this. But this is like high-quality production. It doesn't look rough, does it? No, it doesn't. It does. I mean, obviously, like you said, they kind of got those old school classic sets and 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 whatnot. But um, they they very much clearly um, know that you know this is uh, like a TV format style, and and you know you you have to be able to uh, present your channel in a, in a good way in those HD cameras and, and whatnot, and even just the way it's shot, you know, even yeah. with the intimate setting, it 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 really does go go a long way. It does, and you've got a commentary team of Jim Cornette and Joe Garley. Uh, with David Marquez doing the ring announcing and doing some of the interviews as well. It kind of spreads the weight a little bit. Um, Cornette is a polarizing figure in professional wrestling, but this is actually what he does best, which is get people over. You know, he can... Uh, there are some people in this show he's had flat-out flaming rows with down the years, but he never said they couldn't wrestle. And this is actually the best environment to use him in, I think. This kind of old-school escapism style of professional wrestling is exactly what he's supposed to be doing. Um, and, it, you know, it goes to show that there's more... Wrestling doesn't have to be what Jim thinks it should be, but that is not an, that is not an unviable option for some people, and NWA is kind of proving that it's a viable option for a lot of people. What are your thoughts on this commentary team of Joe Gurley and Jim Cornette with Dave Marquez ring announcing? Well, first, I mean, I think I really dig the whole team, specifically the the two announcers, um, uh, more so Marquez than than the guy who seems to be a pain of Magnus's rear right now. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I really do think this. You know, we're gonna get off into it. I really do think this show as a whole and this brand really does more so fit so many guys, even more so than it than it than it's done when we've seen them in other places. Um, yeah. And I think Cornette is is a prime example of that. And can we just like clap it up right now just for a two man booth, a quality two man booth? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously we, we also get it in, in, in New Japan and stuff. I've never, you know, New Japan knows what they're doing, but um somebody who has unfortunately been relegated to, to having to watch these unnecessary three man booths on a week to week basis and really a one man booth in impact. Um <laughs> uh, you know, this is kind of refreshing. And it's also, you know, being familiar with Cornette's legendary rants. It's nice to see him look genuinely happy doing something. <laughs> you don't you know, feel like he's going to have a heart attack any moment because his blood pressure is going to explode. At all, at all. You nah. know, coming coming watching him from uh, Ring of Honor and his, his days in, in TNA, you, know, you can tell when somebody's kind of a little bit under duress or kind of just, you know, uh, kind of disgruntled with some of the things that they have to do. But Cornette genuinely looks like he's smiling fully. You know when he's a part of this program, and I think a lot of that has to do with this brand kind of coinciding with a lot of the the, the basics that he's seen the business kind of get away from when it comes to this uh, this more modernized you know version of the product that we've been getting in other places. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's so nicely paced and everything. Nothing's rushed. Everyone has time to do the things they need to do. And of course, because it's YouTube, they're not tied down to. This has to be 45 minutes or 47 minutes and 32 seconds. They can be a bit long this week. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's not pressurized into being, yes, if it's a TV show, they're going to have to be slick. 
if anybody does pick it up as a TV show, which I assume they, that's what they want to do eventually, if anyone does pick them up as a TV show, then they're going to have to be a bit slicker than what they are now. But at the minute, they're kind of calling their own shots. And just uh, looking at like numbers and stuff from a business point of view, let me just have a look at this because I've got to think about this a second. I was looking at the YouTube uh, version of Edition 3. Well, there's only YouTube before this. So let me just see if I can find the actual numbers now uh, for the NWA Power Show from this week, which is probably going to give us the episode three has. Let's see. It's loading now, by the way, on my iPad. Episode three has 171,000 hits worldwide. Which, when you consider, like, Impact Wrestling is getting 35,000 people on their last... They weren't even making, like, the numbers before they moved to Access. I know they've moved to... Have they moved to Access now yet, yet, Marcus? Yeah, they have. They have. So before they moved to Access, they were getting less than 35,000 people watching the United States of America. So the NWA is actually outdrawing newer company, older companies. Well, there's obviously no, there's no company older than the NWA, but this new TV show on YouTube is drawing more than established television programs are doing. So that tells you how well they're doing, really, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it really does. It kind of, you know, very much like um, how it felt when, when Lucha Underground debuted. It, it's something, and in NWA's... Uh, you know, format like it's it's because it's, it's such a simplistic dial back, just back to basics. You know, version uh, contrasted to everything you know they've been getting. Even with you know the new advent of AEW, you know, a complaint from a lot of people with that has been, particularly lately, like it's just match out the match out the match out the match, and maybe a couple promos. But for a company who desperately needs to get most of their talent over to a new audience, that kind of um, almost in the form of a PWG style um, mm. format is not necessarily endearing uh, the the more logical, sensible of fans who know what needs to happen for this, this product to be viable long term instead of kind mm. of just give us the, you know, a Bucks, um, you know, uh, Lucha Bros match back to back to back to back and, and stuff like that. It doesn't work long term, no. not, not for the sensible wrestling fan, so. You know, the NWA no. really does benefit um, in, in that regard. And it makes you really just sit down and appreciate the pace in which they, uh, you know, take themselves. See, that's the thing as well. I mean, it's like with AEW, I have to sit and watch it. Whereas with this, I just had it on in the background this morning whilst I was doing some work and I I got everything. Everything yeah. was, was I could I could absorb all the information, though I wasn't really concentrating on it. I could see the matches were good. I could see what they were trying to do with the story. It was just nicely relaxed. Whereas like AEW, everything's hot matches and I want to watch the hot matches all the time. It actually takes me effort. I end up I think the end of watch I think the difference is I watch this like I watch a TV show because it's a TV show. Whereas yeah. I watch AEW like it's a sports event or a film because it's really a sports event. You know, and there's a different kind of appreciation of professional wrestling in this manner. Exactly. You know, also another thing is they're not wrestling to the hard cam. They're just having matches. Yeah. Wait, yeah. <laughs> another, another thing it almost kind of takes you out of, but you, you know, get used to it specifically if you've uh, 
I guess if, if fans are, are used to kind of you know watching a lot of independent wrestling, uh, whether yeah, it be yeah. you know on YouTube or, or however they you know find it. But uh, yeah, it's just that simplistic because it doesn't now you know not everybody's kind of doesn't have to be in their own head about everything. No, that's it. Yeah, everything seems much more relaxed because it's like, and it's one of the reasons why I like New Japan and Joshi in Japanese wrestling is because they don't really wrestle to the hard camera. The cameras follow them. And it looks less choreographed and it looks smoother. It looks less, it looks, I hate to use the word realistic because it's pro wrestling, but it does look less staged. It looks yeah. like the, the, the intensity is there. You know, the only time anyone notices the hard cam really is Akada in New Japan when he's doing his Rainmaker pose and always tends to do the, the big pile driver to to the hard camera if he can help it. But, yeah. you know, everyone everyone else is just a match happening. There's not too much of it working to what the camera's trying to do. But you watch Impact and you watch WWE and everyone is just so stoically spacing to get in the right spot at the right time to make sure this is going to happen for this. And it seems so contrived, whereas this was just like a bunch of matches. Somebody shot them with some cameras. Yeah, it, it's it, yeah. I mean, it's it's been very awkward in the past when you know watching you know WWE, and it becomes very blatant that after they hit their big move and they do the pin, then they have to immediately switch positions. Yeah, because how that shot it, and it, it kind of takes you out of it. And if you've been watching this stuff long enough, you know that stuff becomes very you know very obvious. And sometimes you can kind of just, you know, push it, you know, in the back of your head because you get used to what they need to do. But, you know, mm. when it comes to this, it's like we know what this is. And if yeah. you've watching long enough, we, we know exactly, you know, uh, how this goes. But don't remind us, you know. Yeah, I, th I think as well, it's like, I mean, to, to be fair, there's a couple of spots that I've seen that have been done to the hard camera. And I don't mind that so much, but it is just a wrestling match. They may be working, they may be working more towards the hard camera than we think, but it doesn't feel like that. You know, it feels like this is organic and this is something a bit different, you know, and this, there's more more angles to pick from as well. But, yeah, this was really good. The crowd, before we even start talking about the wrestlers, we've been about 20, 15 minutes, we haven't talked about any wrestlers yet, but the crowd's so up for this as well. They're yeah. so hot for everything. Yeah, and there's long-time Impact fans watching that from um, the Orlando uh, Studios. We know what a dead crowd can do to a show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no one was dead for this show. <laughs> you know exactly what Dead Crowd can do to a show, and these fans are very much excited and revved up for what you know the NWA getting, and and I think that intimate setting really helps. And the fact that there's a lot of back and forth and participation between the the, the performers and the and the crowd, and they really feel like they're you know everybody's invested in this thing that's going on, you know. So you know it's very much a, a you know a instant feedback type of deal, and it it. it you know, uh, keeps the fans on their feet and the performers because you can't just be doing an interview and ignore this audience. They, they're right there in your face. They're going to say something. And if you're good as you think you are or want to be on the mic, you can you can go back and forth with them and oftentimes maybe improve the moment, you know, instead of, you know, make it awkward. Yeah, definitely. But let's actually move on to the wrestlers. Well, the first episode featured a lot of tag team wrestling. So let's start with the tag team division. In fact, the first match on this new NWA show was the Dawson's, Dave and Zane Dawson. They defeated Billy Buck and Sal Renaro in one minute and 44 seconds in a proper squash match. Similarly, the wild cards, Royce Isaacs and Thomas Latimer, defeated Danny White and Mims in two minutes and eight seconds. So there's been a lot of good old-fashioned squashing going on. 
which I'm actually quite a fan of. And I've been advocating for this for years because it showcases your big heels and your big babe faces and what they can do. And I found that a refreshing change. It's very old school, but it, it gets guys over. You know, it, it does a really good job of that. Um, but obviously, tag team wrestling was a big part of the original NWA, specifically in the Carolinas um, and, and in Georgia as well. So this kind of is a bit of a throwback to that time. Your current tag team champions are your wild cards, Royce Isaacs and Thomas Latimer. They beat um, PCO and Brody. Can't remember his first name. Bro- was it, is it, isn't that... I'm about to say Brody King, but I don't think that's Brody King. That's yeah, you're right, Brody King. I'm <laughs> Brody. Can't remember his first name. Do it. Brody King uh, and PCO for the tag team titles before the the series started. Um, Long term listeners of the Troopany Show will know that quite a few of us have a few issues with Thomas Latimer, uh, formerly Bram, um, and the reason why he works in North America and not here. But um, having said that, they are pretty good tag team champions and you know as all the other teams kind of develop over the next couple of weeks there's a lot of tag team can tag team tag team contenders in the nwa it's going to be interesting to see how this develops what are your thoughts on the tag team division marcus um it's something that i really appreciate i, I really dig uh tag team wrestling we, we've seen a, a lot of uh you know improvements uh in that across the industry um and i mean it really would have been very awkward and I think full hard for NWA not to continue building off the momentum of the Crockett Cup. Yeah. On this this tag stuff specifically, you know, highlighting Thomas uh, and Royce, who and and this is kudos to the commentary commentary for keep reminding us of these two kind of just got put together and clicked. Like this mm. is not an established thing that's been set. You know, they've been building up in other places for years, and now they're getting their big time to shine. No, they came together. And they're making this work. And the way it's coming off, you would think that they've been together longer than they actually have, which is, um, you know, uh, uh, kudos to them for that. So um, I'm, I'm really digging it. And like you said, I think the squash matches are great. We need more squash matches. Every We don't need, uh, quote, unquote, perceived schmucks on the show going 20 minutes with mm. the guys or champions so we can, you know, make things look viable. If this guy's not... On this other guy's level, it needs to be shown. And it needs to be shown in a timely manner. Yeah, yeah. Completely agree. Uh, just as you're getting through to the other teams at the minute, there was some development in teams in week three. Uh, the obvious teams that came out of this were Eddie Kingston and Homicide. I'm sure Alex Watt would be absolutely delighted at this development. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Eddie Kingston and Homicide are brilliant because Eddie does the talking. The Homicide beats people up. And that's, that's the way it is. Eddie Kingston, as well, on a mic, is absolutely hilarious and one of the best best mic workers ever. I actually prefer him when he's a heel because he's that intense as a heel, but as a babyface, he's awesome. Uh, I, I do find it interesting that Jim Cornette's going, I'm presuming that Eddie Kingston may have won gold somewhere else. And it's like, yes, Jim, he's been Shikara grand champion, but you're not going to mention that, is, are you, Jim? Because you don't like Shikara. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Um, and of course, you know, Homicide did do an awful lot of horrible things to uh, Jim Cornette in, when he was in Ring of Honor. However, um, that's one tag team. Another tag team is Colt Cabana and Ken Anderson, who are a bit of another pickup tag team, which should be interesting to see them develop. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, 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 that's definitely interesting. When I'm, um, it was a pleasant surprise seeing Ken Anderson back. I've not seen him. Ironically, since some of his days uh, in, in Impact, his last days, and, and Cabana's 
you know, very much gets around in a good way. Um, so that that's a definitely an interesting team, specifically considering those two personalities. Yeah, it's the, they are very funny together and separately as well. Ken obviously is running his wrestling school. I think this is probably the reason why he came back was to advertise his wrestling school more than anything else. Um, and Colt's Colt's Colt, you know, he's he's taking this seriously. And again, Colt and Jim Cornette were another two people that fell out big time. You know, when Colt, when when Colt Cabana was in Ring of Honor, well, he still is in Ring of Honor, but when he was in his original Ring of Honor run, Cornette let him go because he didn't think he was funny enough and he didn't think he could wrestle that well. And that, that's the reason why, because Colt wanted to make his money as a comedy wrestler and try and, you know, put a bit more character into what he was doing. Cornette didn't think he was funny enough to do that job and he let him go. And now, 10 years later, Colt Cabana is one of the top contenders in Ring of Honor and will be one of the top contenders in the NWA and is one of the best commentators as well. So it's nice to see things have developed between those two and they're no longer at each other's throats. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny that you bring that up. And again, kudos to Cornette because he doesn't shy away. Of course, Jim Cornette isn't shying away from controversy. But <laughs> but he, he pretty much said as much, you know, uh, during, during his match. He was like, look, um, you know, I've not been the biggest uh, proponent of Coca Cabana, mostly because he was like, I, I thought that he was trying to be uh, too comedic um, at times and kind of t- took himself more, you know, more of a joke than he needed to. But, you know, as he's progressed, you know, he has seen him be able to turn it on when he needs to. And, and that's understandable, somebody, because a lot of guys aren't um, – or maybe more talented in the ring than uh, Colt, but d- aren't blessed with the size and and some of maybe the natural athleticism or something that that comes with that. So maybe Cornette feels like you know that this guy's wasted a lot of kind of God-given ability just so he could get a, you know kind of be a comedy act. But you know Colt Colt is a lot of different things at at whatever times he needs to be him, which makes him very viable, you know, across the you know the wrestling industry, which you know. That's how he made. That's how he made his way because he hasn't gotten the mainstream look uh, yeah. from other companies that a lot of other guys have. So he's kind of had to make the things that work for him work across the board. So you know, kudos to both men for that. And you know, it's funny all these guys that Cornette fell out with. And now he kind of has to uh, put them <laughs> over. It's kind of it's kind of some some uh, really cool irony there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's still happening. There's a reason why Sammy Callahan doesn't work for MLW anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Um, thankfully anyway uh, but yeah it's um, it's interesting like to see see Cornette's relationships playing writ out large shall we say on a a television show right we'll move on to one of the next divisions we want to look at and that's the national division the US the the NWA National Heavyweight Championship is currently in that possession of one Mr. Cowboy James Storm who defeated Colt Cabana for the belt not long before this series started and he wrestled Josephus on the first card. Uh, it was kind of a storyline set up. But it, that kind of encapsulates what this show is about. I mean, Josephus is a, a southern independent wrestler who's got a bit of charisma about him and clearly has some talent. And James Storm is an established star. And they're building a story between these two wrestlers with some twists and turns and some other people involved, of course. But that's the interesting thing for me. It kind of balances this out. They've got all access to all these great veterans that can't seem to get a job anywhere else. And I don't understand why. And then they're matching them up. Well, I can when it comes some cases. But anyway, they're matching them up with guys who are young and hungry and also can't seem to find work nationally anywhere else. 
I mean, like, I don't understand why Caleb Connolly isn't employed by anybody. He's smart. He's polite. He's a good wrestler. He can tell a story. He's technically gifted, and he's been around for five or six years at a very high level. But no one will give him a job, and I don't know why. And this is a good outlet for him. Um, and obviously, you know, uh, Billy Corgan and uh, Dave Lagana knew him from their time in Impact Wrestling. And he's got a fa- he's found a place here, and he looks really good in it. Yeah, Caleb Connolly, I mean, obviously, I got really familiar with him during his time in Impact. He's a guy that, that really, um, like Page, Adam Page, in a lot of ways, he's, he's got a yeah. lot of tools. Um, and like you said, I mean, the, the fact that he seems to be a great person is even better, uh, which, you know, makes him really viable across the board. But um, he's just a guy that, that maybe is missing a f- few pieces here and there. Maybe, you know, uh, put him with a stable or get him a manager or something to make, pop him, you know, uh, kind of pop off the screen, if you will. Um, and, and he's a, you know, he's a go, you know, yeah. but in the ring, he's always been able to get it done. Um, mm. But yeah, again, like you said, you know, guys like Conley and others, and it's, it's really interesting seeing James Storm, him like uh, some other guys we're going to get to, seems like a perfect fit here just because of their uh, their mentality and their style. Mm. Um, you know, it's funny thing about James Storm because for a while, that while he was still on Impact, I feel like just the, maybe the relevance of his character was kind of being phased out, like it wasn't fitting with, with maybe where the company was or was going at the time, and maybe that's because he was there for so long. Yeah, you know, yeah. He had been, been, you know, on on a lot of different ships that was passing in terms of the regime, and he was he's very much rooted in his character because it's so close to who he is. I mean, hell, it is who he is. So for him to kind of be the one thing that's not changing when everything around him is, it kind of puts him in an awkward position. Um, so it's really good to see him here where he kind of just fits 100%. And, you know, he's definitely one of the best guys on the mic. And, you know, he's really going to be beneficial to a guy like Josephus who really has to get his name out there and who isn't afraid to, uh, quote, unquote, get super kicked every week, you know, to, to, to make himself relevant and to just make good business work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It fits together really nicely, this this particular kind of like old guys and veterans mixing together with younger guys. I mean, it's probably the antidote to AEW where everyone's kind of the same age and of the same generation, and these guys aren't, if you see what I mean. <laughs> There's a big gap between somebody like um, Ricky Starks and Trevor Murdoch, who opened the second show of the series. You know, oh, yeah. like Trevor Murdoch's ex-WWE, former World Tag Team Champions many, many times over. Ricky Starks is just kind of like making his first national play. But it gives you a prime example of the kind of wrestlers that a company like this needs to to, to lift off, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's, it's really funny uh, looking at the, just the, the contrast of, of Starks and, and Murder. By the way, I'm like, almost like an instant fan of Ricky Starks. The guy kind of just you know has a certain way about him. Um, I like I've seen several others will not be referring to him as hashtag stroke daddy, but um yeah uh, Ricky Starks pops off screen and just look at it like the NWO I mean NWA uh NWA um, just what the the standard of like what wrestling is and what some of those wrestlers look like from uh, those old school yeah what that what that looked like and just uh ricky stark would be somebody that, that never fitted in that mold 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Back then, and and you you see, you know, we talk about the modernized version of it, how this NWA is very much fitting uh, both parties. Yeah, I'd agree with that as well. I mean, Trevor Murdoch's exactly a good example of the kind of guys come back for this. Trevor Murdoch doesn't really fit into any modern wrestling company at all, does he? <laughs> He's uh, undeconstructed, un, un as I would say. He's a very straight up and down, very much like his namesake, his hero, you know, um, uh, Dick Murdoch. He's he's very straight up and down, brawler-type wrestler. And Ricky Starks is very much a modern kind of style in the mode of, like, you know, modern aerial wrestlers. So this was something different to watch, but it kind of shows off what they can do with this show. They don't have to showcase blindingly athletic competition all the time it's just a bit different they can go with big guy wrestlers and go with smaller wrestlers it's given them some it's given them some freedom to tell some different stories and yeah. tell some it's lowered expectations or poor expectations in a different place exactly and and with, with the, the Starks and Murdoch then first of all I haven't seen it was really good to see Murdoch like I've really, literally not seen him in a coon's age if you will uh to go back to an old school saying uh but but I haven't really seen a lot of him um, since yeah. you know it's paired with Lance Cade and and you know God rest his soul, yeah. Um, but it, it it's been good to see and and, and Cornette telling that story how the um he kind of got drew back in to wrestling and the NWA has a lot of appeal and really fits a guy like Murdoch because he very much fits that mold just real gritty and 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 you know grizzled and 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 will just run into you um and and definitely he's he doesn't have an EC3 body <laughs> and he doesn't need to. Um, and he did, he didn't come off bad in his match because it kind of came off like an any given Sunday type thing. Ricky just needed time, space and, and opportunity and leverage. And he got, you know, he was three seconds better. And, you know, for him to come up to him afterwards and, you know, we got that mutual respect from both parties because Ricky being the cocky heel, he could have easily just kind of, you know, shook his hand and then trash talked him afterwards, but he gave him that respect and then got himself over. So that's really good to see. Yeah, I think it's a bit like the early days of Ring of Honor, like the Code of Honor kind of deal. It's less outspoken, but it works really well. There's like a sense of honor amongst these guys because they're the old warriors. They're the ones who've been everywhere and done everything. And now they're starting again to try and give something back to this industry. And I think that works really, really well. There's a certain sense of respect amongst all the wrestlers, whether they're heels or baby faces, and they try and communicate that. And they communicate that very well. I mean, the first show opened with Nick Aldis essentially running down the roster. Look at all these great wrestlers we have in this company. This company is going to show the world what professional wrestling should be. You know, and it's a very much kind of reminiscent of Ric Flair, um, you know, doing all those promos for individual markets around the, the U.S. Uh, and like, you know. I've talked to Bob Geigel and I'm going to do this. And, you know, I've been, I talked to Vern Gagne and I'm going to go to Minnesota and defend the NWA Heavyweight Championship against Ricky Martel. All those things that, that they used to do back in the 80s, it's very reminiscent of that, but it's been twisted for a modern audience and plays out so well. Yeah, great. Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about Ken Anderson. It's kind of nice to see him back, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and this, these first three episodes would tend to be kind of like orientated around the tag team championships. We'll talk about the world championships in a moment, uh, but let's talk about the women because there yeah. is a women's division in the NWA. 
the NWA Women's Championship has been associated with some great wrestlers down the years, some great women wrestlers down the years, and fabulous Moolah. <laughs> <laughs> like Jean Byers, Mildred Burke, Yukoki Tomo, who was uh, one of the first big draws in Japanese women's wrestling, and Joshi, Debbie Coombs, Bambi. Uh, so, you know, it's been a well-respected title for an awful long time. And Alison K kind of fits that mold of the a, the veteran champion who knows what she's doing. Obviously, she's been a champion in many organizations, including, you know, Knockouts Champion. She's current Shine Women's Champion as well. Um, she does a really good job of representing the company as the the face of the women's division. And I think she's taking a different route to her Knockouts Championship win, where she was a bit more mercenary. Uh, whereas this time, she's the heel, but she isn't that much of a heel, is she? No, she, she like Magnus, has uh, a, a look and a presence about herself. It's it's funny every time I see um, Rosemary's in the back of my mind calling her a she skunk, but um, <laughs> only because of the hair she doesn't stink. But um, yeah, she 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 very much has a presence about herself, and we know she's very talented. Um, and with certain you know knowing certain health scares, she might not be wrestling right now. Mm. Uh, it's sad, so it's really good to see her. You know, uh, really getting back in the form and. Uh, definitely good to see her as a champion because that 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 run she had doing imp- when she was in Impact, um, maybe the latter part of the second half when it kind of seemed like she was kind of getting left in the background. I think she may have gotten caught up in the in the the Maria Gail Kim stuff of it all and that whole storm yeah, yeah. Was being pushed forward and she was kind of hovering around the women's title but not really directly going after it. So it was really mm-hmm. good to see her back in form and. and you know, really spearheading this division and bringing girls up like uh, uh, Ashley Vox and and stuff of that yeah, nature. Now, yeah. now we've seen Marty Bell, who we know she's really great friends with, um, and that's a great callback to Impact as well. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's it's great to see. You know, they they really got some respectable champions who know what this means, that, those titles mean, and what it means for them to be representatives of this company who's rebuilding itself. We should really mention like the Lagana Billy Corgan Impact uh, connection because Lagana and Corgan worked together on Impact. That's where they became connected, and obviously when they both left the company uh, under a particularly dark cloud. Let's be honest; like we don't know the insides and outs of what that happened, but certainly it wasn't like a nice, friendly parting. Um, and you look at the guys on this card, and they were literally everybody, like apart from Trevor Murdoch and Colt Cabana. These are, and you know, Cabana's known Lagana forever. So, you know, these are people they essentially, you know, picked up from their departure at Impact Wrestling. And they've kind of carried on where they left on it off in one sense, except for they've given them such a wider palette to work with. This is so much more interesting than Impact's kind of narrow narrative about what wrestling can be. This is just so much wider. It just feels like you would, it's the same crew. It's the same production crew, it's the same writers, but it just feels so different. Yeah, it really, it really just has its its own. It, it knows it, it's always great to see, you know. And again, going back to something like Lucha Underground, something that knew what it was, didn't apologize for it, um, and 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 really trusted itself and the viewer to you know appreciate what it was given, you know, and just kind of allowing the talent. To be who they are, you know, because like you said, they're on YouTube. They can't just pop off at the mouth and say everything 
you know, vulgar <laughs> for charity's sake. But I think, you know, even some restrictions also allow for yet another avenue to be not restricted, but creative about how you yeah. do that. And there's so many smart guys on this brand that turns on the mic, a Ken Anderson, Coke Cabana, who was hilarious and kind of got me into uh, a bit with Josephus, who I've not been the biggest fan of. Um, yeah. When Coke Cabana came out mocking James Storm, I thought that was rather hilarious. Um, but uh, yeah, guys like him, Storm, um, Magnus, of course, you know, Eli Drake, who, you know, can, can pop off at anywhere with a microphone. Those guys, you know, you can really put them in any position, whether, you know, it be, uh, you know, can say anything or maybe dial it back some and really get a good result. And I think you can do that as well with a lot of the talent on this uh, ring in terms of maybe throwing them in singles or throwing them in a tag. And we've seen that just in the first three shows. So. Yeah, and just a matter of timing here. The, the episode three featured exactly 11 minutes worth of wrestling in it out of a 50-minute show. You know, this wasn't. This isn't a wrestling show like a New Japan show where it's just wrestling. That's all there is, and a bit of press conference maybe. This is like going back to the opposite of that. This is, you know, as much as they talk on screen about the last of the last home of real men in wrestling, and you know, we're not going to do entertainment here. It's going to be wrestling, and it's old school wrestling. R A S S L I N. Um, <laughs> there's far more time devoted to presenting these people and there is to actually watching them do what they're supposed to do which is of course like the the what's the word you know i get no end of people complain about like wrestling's not real anymore damn it and you know it's not as real as it used to be and then you show people video minoru suzuki who's about as real as it gets and they go but that's not real wrestling either (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, it's it's like yeah, it's kind of what's the old saying? Um, something, something, and they will come. You will. They will. If you build it, they will come. Yeah, yeah. You build yeah. it, and they will come. Thank you. Yeah, you build these guys. Up. You get us invested in these characters. Of course, we're gonna, you know, follow them to the ring and be invested in those those interactions that they have. So, you know, I think knowing what to focus on, because the other part is 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 elementary, my dear Watson. I guess you know the, the quote of phrase. You know, if yeah. you, if you don't care about these guys, I don't care. If they put a ladder on a hell in a cell and do a six thirty, you you don't. <laughs> and God, God knows we've seen things in that realm. So they they know what it takes to to make you care about the product, and you can always build to those those big epic matches and not blow your load on these weekly shows. Specifically, when you're trying to build up to a pay per view. Exactly, and they've brought expectations down. We're not expecting to see blood and guts and chairs every week. You know, the big teardown match between the Outlaws Incorporated versus um, Team Wildcard. No one used a chair. No one used a foreign object. It was just, oh, the Dawsons as well. But no no one used a foreign object. No one used a chair. No one used anything. It was just the Dawsons were big lads and they beat people up. And that was it. You know, there is, therefore, you've got somewhere to go. You know, if you've got like, if the Dawsons are coming and swang chairs and belted people and there's blood everywhere, what are you going to do next? Exactly. You know, you know, it's it's lowered expectations of just this is just a fun escapist professional wrestling show, and I'm finding very struggling, very hard to find fault with it. To be honest with you. No, same same here. I mean, you know, even if you don't necessarily click with a lot of the personalities you do appreciate the fact that they're getting time to show you who they are and give you the choice to choose as opposed to well you know 
just seeing the guy every week is like, even if, you know, uh, he's coming out here swinging a bat and whatnot, I still don't care because I don't know what he sounds like. I don't know. Uh, he, he looks mad, but I don't know why he's mad. Like when you don't give people the why for a lot of stuff, you leave them in the lurch and it, and, and it kind of breeds a level of contempt for your product, you know, yeah, if you yeah. in other places. And, and, and that doesn't go well. That's how you lose fans. Yeah, it, it's it's very, I mean, like I was saying, like those guys that think, don't think wrestling's real anymore aren't exactly looking for reality. They're looking for this. They're looking for a show that's not going to disrespect them, that's going to treat them with a bit of respect because they're wrestling fans and have gone to the trouble to find this show. They're going to give them some escapist entertainment and some good athletic wrestling matches that are going to be compelling to watch. But the whole process is a narrative and it's structured in a way that's easy to adore, easy to absorb and adapt and watch. And you don't have to concentrate on it. It just happens around you. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the heavyweight championship of the world, the 10 pounds of gold. Current champion is Nick Aldis. And the main story over the first three weeks was the heavyweight championship match in episode one between Tim Storm, former champion, and Nick Aldis, where Tim Storm put his right to ever challenge for the NWA Heavyweight Championship ever again on the line and lost. And the development of Tim Storm as a main character and the development of Nick Aldis as a main character has been that Aldis, during that match, managed to knock out his uh, valet, Camille, um, accidentally when Storm ducked and she, he clotheslined her. Um, and so that's been the story, is what's the relationship between Aldis and Camille like? For Tim Storm's side, it's been like, is he finally hitting the end of the road? And it was Eli Drake, of all people, that encouraged him to get back on the horse and try, try again. So this is a really interesting set of storylines. First of all, Tim Storm is 50 years old, apparently, and looks fitter than most 30-year-olds I know. How did that happen? (laughs) Uh, Good home cooking, I assume. Uh, And he looks like a star. And you do get this feeling like, how come he's been a high school teacher for the last 30 years when he should have been main eventing WrestleMania? <laughs> yeah, how I mean, did anyone miss this guy? <laughs> you know, it is, you know, I can't, I definitely can't fault him for, you know, um, caring about, uh, you know, the education and putting himself in a position to, um, you know, uh, help the youth maybe turn into future Tim Storms. Um, yeah. You know, uh, at all, because you know we need we need more people like him in the in the, in the uh, educational system. But uh, yeah, you know this guy is like you said that 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 good home mama storm cooking is doing him good. Um, oh yeah, yeah. You know he looks <laughs> like a star. He, you know comes off like a star in every sense of the word. We're on the mic, you know, uh, you know got got a really great smile that's endearing and whatnot. And when he gets in the ring, you you know he steps it up. You know he looks like he might not be able to do something, then he pops it off. And, you know, you're surprised, but then you really shouldn't be because, you know, a lot of guys, is, I guess it's the, the difference between uh, show muscle and go muscle. You know, got some guys yeah. look the part, but that's about where it stops. Like, he looks the part and can, you know, uh, do the work as well. So, you put him up against somebody like Mag, you know, all Nick Aldis, not Magnus. <laughs> who, uh, who was really sales. Exactly. <laughs> who was both on, on the mic and in the ring. Uh, specifically in the ring, because he's always had a way about himself on the microphone and, you know, uh, very much is is stringent on looking, walking, and talking like a champion has represented his brand so well. You put him up against somebody like Storm, 
Um, and it, it's really just a match made in heaven, specifically when both parties are allowed to be who they are. Um, and yeah, then kind of, yeah. you know, bring that together and not, you know, clash swords, if you will, stepping on each other's toes. And, you know, just as somebody who's gotten so used to, um, quote unquote, shitty heels or chicken shit heels, it's yeah. great to see a heel that's a fighting champion and, and cause the competition to him. And if he needs to uh, maybe uh, backdoor his way to a victory or, you know, use his insurance policy, if you will, then he'll do so. But he also gets wins um, straight up and, and clean. So it's really good to, to have that dichotomy in a heel champion. Yeah, because, I mean, we both know that he, uh, um, Nick Aldis' run as Impact Heavyweight Champion was the exact opposite of this. Exactly, and you know, if you've read Nick's uh, columns in FSM, you'll understand that the guys he looked up to have greatly influenced his run as NWA Heavyweight Champion, specifically Harley Race, and that idea of Harley, who was not really a heel character, though he did bad stuff. You know, that's kind of where Nick's coming from, and you can you can see that in him. You can see how he's adapted that approach. The sixty-minute man. Make sure you look. Make sure you make the local champion look good every night. He's still got that in his head, you know. And it it, it works. I mean, CM Punk was was very vocal about the fact that his big long run as WWE Heavyweight Champion. His mantra was, "What would Harley do?" And that is a great way to kind of like represent yourself and the company as the top man. What would Harley do? And Nick Aldis keeps asking that question quite clearly in his matches and his approach and his his promotional materials and tim storm was the perfect challenger to set this up you know he was the perfect challenger when champion when aldous came along and he was the perfect challenger uh to um nick aldous when the the organization went into their first tv show because it's an age-old story of age versus youth the veteran you know the best wrestler in the world in nick aldous that's the kind of story they're trying to tell. And it works really, really well from my point of view. Yeah, and you also saw that, you know, in the match. It very much was like this veteran, you know, that that seemed like he might have been at the end of his rope, really presented himself as this big redwood that you just couldn't chop down on the women. Magnus really had to, you know, uh, kind of get out of the blocks early and really pace himself and realize that, you know, he had to build himself. He had to get himself up to Tim's level, not the other way yeah. around. You know, mm. and it really came off like that throughout the match. So, you know, uh, that's just, you know, great work all around. Clearly, this was a collaborative effort between both the talent and the company and just, you know, being on that stage. And like you said, not having to worry about making sure you're getting all these shots with a hard camera, this, that, and the third, certain placements and um, certain things that you have to be aware of, other places that you can kind of just dial it back and really just focus on the craft when you step in the ring. Does so much for guys like you know Nick and Tim who aren't these big flashy guys by nature anyway. So yeah, they're, they're working like a different kind of pace, tell a different kind of story. But those fans lap it up, you know. This is and it still looks like an NWA style audience, if you see what I mean, like a, a wrestling audience. Maybe not as diverse as some wrestling audiences is, and perhaps could be more diverse. But then again, you're producing a style of wrestling that attracts a certain kind of person. And that that was that was interesting to see. Those crowds do not look that much different to what you know um, the center stage in Atlanta looked like, where Ring of Honor doing their tapings now, like 20 years ago when WCW were there. So yeah, it's interesting to see what this company is doing and how they're organizing it. I think you know um, it it's interesting to me as the company is de- 
devolved under Billy Corgan. For those of you who don't know the story, Billy Corgan, once he got out of Impact Wrestling, started negotiating with the NWA to kind of take over the company and do it in a different kind of way. You know, he's the president of the NWA now, which is obviously uh, an important uh, position in professional wrestling and always has been. And there's a lot of people you have to live up to there. It's Sam Mushnick and, um, uh, you know, those kind of names from the NWA's history that you are currently uh, trying to get your head around, if you see what I mean. Yeah. And it it's there's a lot of things to kind of live up to there. Um, now the NWA is currently owned by Billy Corgan, whereas the president, the pre in previous years, it was like always an organization. And the current president is Billy Corgan. He took over from Bruce Tharp, who had his five year run uh, from NWA World Class uh, back in the Texas territories, um, and he kind of. Bruce kind of put it on a different kind of spin. He got associated with the NWA with New Japan Pro Wrestling, and they tried to evolve their own TV show, which we we reviewed on this show as well. I think it was me and you that, or maybe me, me and Alex who reviewed that NWA Roundup, which took like TV tapings from around the world, different NWA offices. But it didn't look particularly slick or professional back then because obviously certain offices have more money to do certain things with, whereas this kind of establishes it as a company and kind of develops it in a different way. Yeah, and, and just really, you know, kudos to Billy Corgan, you know, for really taking it upon himself. Because, you know, again, uh, showing that just that relationship, former relationship, I, I should say, with Impact, it feels like he tried to maybe or was looking to infuse a lot of maybe some of these elements into Impact during this time there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and but obviously we we know that that didn't go uh, his way or the fans' way um, on that particular time. So for him to you know break away from that situation and really again and like he kind of did with Impact, he's a guy that got that puts his money where his mouth is, if nothing else. Um, you know, try to revitalize the NWA and and and, and really bring an alternative to what we've you know been getting. Uh, again, getting back to the basics, just something as simple as not having theme music, which if I was like one of these pissy, easily triggered fans, I'd be complaining about that every week. But to me, <laughs> that you know is so simple and for me so easy to get over. But one of the main reasons why is because a lot of times that big glaring, uh, you know, commercial theme music can mask the clear and obvious reaction of an audience to a supposedly uh, top guy on a show. So yeah, yeah. here, there is no, you know, there is no doubt. You, you're going to know what the crowd is into or what they're not into, and it's not going to be uh, mic'd out or anything like that, you know? Yeah, so yeah. Um, just some, something as simple as that, to me, goes a long way. And I don't even, I don't need to, you know, I don't even really need the theme music, you know, uh, specifically coming off Into the Fire, you know, I'm kind of set, so... <laughs> We only need one song on this show. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. What do you thought? Gog finished. But what are your thoughts on the the adverts, especially Austin Idol's wrestling school advert? Because that was that is brilliant. Um, and the Tony Falk, um, tire irons and waffle house. Yeah. Just an awesome idea. <laughs> no, right there, which I think this is the perfect. I mean, look, I you know why not? I mean, like you said, somebody like uh. Uh, I mean, the, the wrestling school, first of all, that's a brilliant idea because we need more talent 
that that you know uh, up and coming wrestlers to actually go to a school and learn under you know get under a learning tree that's credible and that actually wants to help. Um, and the tie and eye and waffles is just hilarious, but I mean that's perfect for a trucker, right? Like that's, <laughs> that's the concept of that is hilarious. Those two spots are great, and I hope they continue to run them. That third one though, that third one from from the third uh, from Twilight or Tim Storm. Yeah, that yeah. got that got weird real quick for me. Uh, <laughs> that got weird real quick, and I kind of, I think I kind of put it on mute and looked at something else and came back because uh, it looked like it was going somewhere else. Then it went somewhere else. I was like, you know what? This isn't for me. I'm gonna just <laughs> this this isn't this isn't. They're not advertising this to me. <laughs> by the way, Tony Falk was a wrestler in the Memphis territory and a referee from time to time as well. Mick Foley had his debut match in the Memphis Territory against Tony Falk and lost. <laughs> nice. They'll tell you an awful lot about the uh, old days in professional wrestling. Well, I think that pretty much covers the NWA Power Show. I think we'll be dropping back in from time to time to see how they get on with this, won't we, Marcus? Yeah. No, yeah, they, they got a they got a um the upcoming they got an upcoming pay-per-view, right? So we'll maybe Yeah, we'll... they have, yeah. You know, we had time. We you know can fit that in and, and really talk about obviously coming off of this show, talk about the build and, and you know execution of that, and you know how they present pay per views as opposed to what we get from other places and stuff like that. And yeah, I, th- I think this is this is a product that's worth checking out and and you know reviewing because you know uh, it it gives you the quality I think that a lot of fans say they want, although they might not always uh, uh, know how to. Uh, you know, convince themselves of that just because of the things that they promote or support, despite what they, you know, claim that they want. But I think this is a product that is very much rooted in, the, you know, the the simplicities and the, and the classic things of wrestling that make the art form, you know, what it is and why a lot of people love it so much. And uh, yeah, I think it's it's, it's worth it's, it's worth your time. So yeah, I think. Yeah, I think- me and Chrissy, um, uh, as you may have, those have been listening for a while, me and Chrissy, you always watch wrestling together on a Sunday night because we have done for years. Uh, this is turning into our go-to show on a Sunday night because it's just an hour and it's easy and we can catch up and have a chat about friends about stuff we've done in the week. And it's not something we have to concentrate really hard on. We tried a AAA, the AAA event from Madison Square Garden and it was like we spent that much time looking guys' names up. <laughs> but we couldn't really concentrate on the wrestling. Which is we perhaps should be better read in our pardon me in our wrestling folklore. However, this was easy to deal with because it's essentially the wrestling we liked on Impact Wrestling three years ago before it got terrible. Exactly, <laughs> and, 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 and I think you said, I think you put it perfectly. If you're trying to you know um, talk this up to a fan who like us already have a full uh, plate of wrestling, if you will, and you're trying to talk this up, I think that's the perfect tagline. Like you said, like NWA. Power. It's just an hour. <laughs> it's just an hour. It's just an hour. That's it. It's easily digestible. Also, if you're kind of thinking like you're burned out with pro wrestling and you can't watch anymore, or you want to take a break from the big companies, this is just for you. This is perfect wrestling for that kind of environment. It's not hard. It's easy to digest. This is, you know, this is. Um, Really nicely, well put together, laid out, a well presented meal. Okay, that's that's what it is. It's it's nice. It's just good, just solidly built workmanship style wrestling. 
if you see what I mean. Yeah. All right, then. Well, thank you very much for listening to the Troopany Show today. My name is James Troopany. You can find me on Twitter at Sheriff Lone Star. You can find Marcus at Paradox Kid on Twitter. Have you any other things you wish to plug at this moment in time, sir? Oh, no. All good. Uh, you know, thanks for having me on here. Looking forward to doing more of these. Thank you very much. Uh, we will be back later in the week with Telling Stories. Next, well, later in the week, we should also have Wrestling Rewind back, and we'll be back next week. I'm not exactly sure what we're looking at next week because I might be moving house, in which case you'll get me and Chelsea talking about Aja Kong. If not, you might get something else. We'll see. (laughs) Uh, For now, take care and we'll see you soon. Oh, yeah, you should go to our sponsors, Indie Empire Magazine, and also you should go and have a look at powerslam.tv. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Take care, and we'll see you next week. Bye.